0: Uh, what a blessing to be back with you guys. I don't know why he keeps asking me, but uh, anyway, I am glad to be here to see a lot of familiar faces and, um, and, and to be able to bring, hopefully, some words of inspiration and encouragement uh, to you today. And for those of you who have lost loved ones, um, my heart goes out. Um, all of us in here have experienced loss in some form or fashion in our lives, and we know, we, we, we feel the pain we also know as believers, to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. Amen? And so that's the encouragement that we have, that one day we'll see them again. And they're, they're, they're in a much better place. Um, we miss them, and our hearts are going to grieve. And sometimes they, I have heard, time heals all wounds, but I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, because I miss my mom and daddy uh, and my grandparents fiercely sometimes when I think about them. But... We know that God, in His wisdom and in His timing, He's going to make all things right, and so our confidence and our trust is in Him. Um, and so, I uh, will just start out by saying, "Wow, wow!" You know, uh, we just sang in the beginning. Well, last last night the Braves didn't have a big inning, did they? They needed a big inning, and so Monday they better chip, uh, they better pick it up. We don't want to get down two and zero. I'm a big Braves fan, and so. Um, and then also, what about that Georgia Tech victory last night? We, we have some Georgia Tech fans in the house. All right. I, I, there's one reason why I really love your pastor, and that's one reason. Uh, my dad graduated from Georgia Tech, raised me a Georgia Tech fan. I, I, I wasn't smart enough to go to Tech. I had to settle for a degree from Georgia. But... I heard there was another game last night. I don't, I don't know much about it, but uh, anyway, so so I was, you know, it was a miracle. Anytime Tech, tech wins, it's a miracle, right? Uh, anyway, I, I, I went to bed. It was tied up, and um, I said, I got to get some sleep because about 1 a.m. Saturday morning, I woke up. And I was awake from 1 to 4 a.m., not because I wanted to be. How many of y'all know about those sleepless nights sometimes? You just lie wide awake. But I was laying there, and I was meditating upon the Scripture that I'm going to preach from today. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And, um, and so, you know... why why I was meditating, why that came, why that was dropped in my spirit. I I really didn't know. I've got an engagement coming up in a few weeks. I thought it was in preparation for that. And then Pastor Chris calls me at 11.30 a.m. yesterday morning. He's under the weather and would I fill the pulpit today. And so I prayed about it and thought, well, maybe this is what I'm supposed to share. So I don't have a well-developed sermon today, but I hope that I do have is a fresh word from the Lord. We need a word from the Lord in our lives. One word from God can change us. One word from God in in season can make all the difference in the world. When God speaks to our heart and He gives us a right right on message, right on time, it is so powerful and it can make a huge difference in how how we view things, how we accept reality sometimes. And and even the path moving forward, hearing from him, knowing what direction that he wants us to go in. So I know I want to be sensitive to the fact that I know that your church has what your church has been through. And I know it hasn't been an easy process. And it's still not an easy process. And it's and you're still trying to find your way and what what's what is in the future. So I'm prayerfully sensitive to that. So I want to, I don't want to say anything. That it's going to pour salt on anybody's wounds during, during these few moments. I pray that the Holy Spirit will come and bring some healing, bring some hope and bring a sense of purpose and direction for what God has in store for you. God, one thing I've learned about God, He's not stressed, He's not anxious, He's not worried. He's, God, is, God is God. He's sovereign. He's in control. And if we'll just rest in Him, He'll walk with us through whatever circumstances that we face in life. No matter whether it's as a corporate body, a church walking through the the days ahead, or if it's you as an individual dealing with the loss of a loved one, or whatever it may be, He will be with you, and He will guide you and guard you um, as you walk through um, the days ahead. And so as I was praying and asking the Holy Spirit, as I said, this scripture 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 was late was just dropped in my heart in the middle of the middle early in the morning. And I want to I want to share it with you and I believe it's a rhema word. In the scriptures there's a difference between a logos word and a rhema word. They're both Hebrew I mean Greek words, logos and rhema. Logos refers to something that is set in stone. And um, it's something that is established, it's true. And rhema is something that's fresh. And oftentimes a rhema word takes the logos word and just puts all the ingredients of that logos word together and, and puts it in the oven. How many of y'all remember the days? I remember my mother, she was known in Soperton, Georgia. Anybody ever heard of Soperton, Georgia? Soperton, Georgia. She was known as the biscuit lady. That woman could make some homemade biscuits. Now we just get the wappums, right? We buy them all. Just whop, whop and put stick them in the oven whether they're frozen or refrigerated or whatever. Does anybody here still make homemade biscuits? Occasionally I say, see and my I very very much, it's just too easy to buy the frozen ones right. And, or the refrigerated ones, and throw them in the oven. But the, but the homemade ones are the best. And my mom could make the best homemade biscuits. And I, I tried to get her to teach me how to do it one day, you know. She said, well, how, well, I don't know. You just take a little bit of that, and you take a little bit of that, and you rub, mix it all together and, and put it on the pan, put it in the oven, right? So we had to actually measure, to get a measuring spoon, measure it when she would put it in her hand. And we tried to pass it on, but I, it, listen, it didn't work, you know so but i you know we love fresh bread uh, right it's it's it just there's nothing better than a, than a hot biscuit um out of the oven and um put that butter on it and you know just melts in your mouth but i pray today is a fresh word from the lord pray that it's a fresh the bible says taste and see that the lord is good taste and see he wants us to experience him not just intellectually but personally The Bible also says that man shall not live upon bread alone, but upon every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you remember when the Israelites wandered in the wilderness, God fed them manna from heaven, right? It was was bread from heaven. And, and, And the New Testament reveals that Jesus is the bread from heaven. He is the bread of life. He is always fresh. He is never stale. He never gets moldy. He never gets crusty. Jesus is always fresh. So my prayer today is that Jesus has a fresh word from God today that can really speak to our hearts. And here's what I believe. Not everything that I say I believe is what God is, is, is God because you've you got to take it. There's my opinions, my thoughts, my flesh gets in there. But what we want is the word uh, that God has for us. And you have to take what someone says and what he says and make it personal in your heart. Pray over it and ask God to, to really you know, put it deep in our spirit. God, and here's what I believe that the Lord would have me. I'm just a delivery boy, I believe. I'm just the bread man. Bring in a fresh word that I think is from Him, from His written word. God does not want us to be controlled or influenced by unhealthy fear. Rather, He wants us to be filled with His Spirit that will flush out unhealthy fear, usher in His power, His love, and his sound mind. That's from, uh, if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse, this one verse, and we'll, we'll read it together here in, in the Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. A little background to this passage. This is written by the Apostle Paul. Timothy had traveled with Paul on his missionary journeys. Timothy was, um, I don't know how much younger he was, but he was a good bit younger. Uh, then Paul, he, Paul was his mentor, and he learned about the Lord. He learned about ministry from Paul. And this letter is one of the last letters that we have of the Apostle Paul. He was in a, he was, while he was writing this letter, he was in a cold Roman jail cell. And can you imagine, listen, if, if you and I were sitting in jail writing letters, hey, we'd be writing letters, come get me out. I don't want to be here. I don't like this place. It's cold. It's, they're, they're, they're not feeding the food's bad. All, the, all this negative stuff that we, you and I would be complaining about sitting in that cell. But Paul knew what his fate was, I believe. The Holy Spirit revealed to him what his fate was, and it wasn't good. That Emperor Nero was, was a bad man, and that he was um, going to destroy all the Christians. And he had put, put Paul in prison. And he writes this letter to encourage Timothy and to uh, give him the, the faith, uh, help strengthen his faith for the ministry that God had for him. And so here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, I've already quoted, but I'm going to read it from the Scripture. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Or some versions say self-control or discipline. There's various ways to translate some of these words in this passage. But may the Lord bless the reading of His Word this morning. And may the Lord open our hearts. Father, we thank You that Your Word is alive. Your Word is truth. Your Word brings, direct, brings light. It's, it's a light to our path. It, it, is, um, uh, it shows us where we are and where we need to go. So Lord, let Your Word bright, shine brightly today um, as we open our hearts to hear from You. In Jesus' name, and now everybody said, amen. So you know there's a difference between healthy fear and unhealthy fear. Um, oftentimes, a lot of afternoons I love, or especially in the mornings now, I have you love this fall weather, right? Isn't this, isn't this weather awesome? Um, anybody turn on their heat in their car on the way to church this morning? I said, "No, I'm not going to do it. It's too early. I'm not going to turn the heat on." But I did turn on my heated seats. You know, I'm very—they're thankful for heated seats. But uh, but, and I love, I love walking sometimes early in the morning when my schedule allows, particularly on the weekends. And I love to go to the monastery and I love to walk on the trail at the monastery. One day I ran into, to, to Jud and to Carrie uh, walking the trail, and. Um, I was walking one afternoon and I just come up. You know that big, that big, one big hill coming coming back from the river? Uh, uh, that one big hill. And, you know, so I usually got my head down. And I'm like, come on, Lord, you got to help me. I need to, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it because uh, I'm not a big runner, but I, I do like to walk and that hill sometimes can, can get you. And so my head was down and, and I'm as honest, I'm telling you the honest to goodness truth. I got a picture of my phone somewhere. I'll show you. I can show you. But I was taking a step and as I was taking a step, my head was down. I wasn't looking ahead. I was looking down at my feet. There was a copperhead. I mean, he was probably about two feet long, big enough to do some damage if he struck me. And he, he was back in, in ready-to-strike mode. And I, when I saw it, I was, had one foot in the air, and with the other foot, I believe I jumped six to ten feet in the air, uh, scared the heebie-jeebies out of me. Now, a healthy fear is healthy fear prompts us to use caution when it arises, right? So, a healthy fear was get away from that snake at that moment. I do not need to, to be around that snake. I don't want to be around the snake. Um, but unhealthy fear would say, "I'm never going back to that trail again because I've seen snake. I've seen another copperhead too at some point in time, but it was way on the other side, thankfully, uh, from where I was." Unhealthy fear would say, I'm never going back to that trail again because of that, that almost bad experience. Now, if I had been bitten by the snake, I may not ever go back again. But thankfully, I wasn't bitten. But there's a difference between healthy fear, which God healthy fear is like we avoid certain things whenever we need to avoid them. That's something God built in us. But the kind of fear today that I believe that the God wants to flush out from us is, is a persistent, controlling, unhealthy fear that causes us sometimes to either... It, 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 unhealthy fear causes flight or fight. You know, we, 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 we ball up our fists and say, I'm right, you're wrong, we're going to fight about this. Or it causes us just to leave. I'm, you know, I'm done with you. I'm done with this, I'm done with you. I'm never, I'm never, you're never going to see me again. And oftentimes that unhealthy fear can really take hold in our lives and can keep us from moving forward uh, with what God has for our lives. Uh, w- when I was a pastor in a former life um I had a I had a man that I was trying to get to come back to church and I, I kept talking to him and he says pastor says I I can't I can't come back to church and I am like why can't you come back to church he says well I had a bad experience. I, I had a scary experience in church. And I was like, kept probing. I said, well, what happened? He says, I got married in church. <laughs> and I was like, it's okay. You know, we're going to... It's, it's kind of like, you know, we, we, we can't... Man, we, we, you know, right or wrong, uh, you know, we, we, we want our cake and we want to eat it too, Right? Adam asked God one day, he said, God, I'm lonely, can you make a companion for me? And God thought about it and came back and said, yeah, he says, but it's going to cost you an arm and a leg, Adam. So Adam thought about it, came back and said, God, what can I get for a rib? <laughs> You'll get that at some point in time. <laughs> oh, my wife and I, she couldn't be here today, she's with her mother, uh, um, and so... But we've been married 33 years and um, dated for four years before that. And I, I told her, I, one time I told her, I said, I'm, I'm going to go back into the ministry. And she says, no, you're not. And I said, why, why can't I go back into the ministry? She says, I'm scared of your jokes. So There's a difference between healthy fear and unhealthy fear. I say those little funny things just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. But there are some consequences to prolonged unhealthy fear. If we don't, if we don't, if we don't let prolonged, if we let prolonged unhealthy fear continue our lives, it can impact our physical health. Do you realize that? It, 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 that? That fear can grab a hold and impact your health. It weakens your immune system. It stresses your cardiovascular system, and there's a variety of other physical health issues that un, that prolonged unhealthy fear causes. Unhealthy fear also locks bad memories in our brains. Many of us probably have things that have happened to us even as a child that maybe that is locked in there. And because of that, unhelp- that, that it's, it's become a stronghold in our lives and the enemy uses, that, uses it to, to um, somehow hinder us from doing what God wants us to do. And it also hinders healthy brain processing and can lead sometimes to serious mental health conditions. Such things as PTSD or, uh, or many other mental health issues. Now, PTSD is not necessarily a mental health issue, it's just it's, it's a, it's an issue when people that have experienced trauma in their lives. And unchecked, it can really cause some significant barriers in our spiritual life. and Perhaps the biggest spiritual consequence for us as believers is that unhealthy fear, prolonged unhealthy fear. Paralyzes us from hearing and obeying God. Spiritual life is about hearing from God and obeying God. That's it. Our, the health of your spiritual life is, comes it comes from whether or not you hear from God. And many of us hear from God in different ways. I'm telling you, I'm honest. I'm going to be honest to goodness, tr- honest to goodness, true with you. I've met the Lord on the monastery at the trail on the monastery in ways that church, I never experienced in church. I've experienced God in church, don't get me wrong. I've experienced, But I've experienced God in, the na- in nature. I've experienced God, and many of us have experienced God in seeing the birth of a child. That's such a supernatural experience when, when, it, when you see that child for the first time. Life has come into this world. And God speaks to us, but... Un- unchecked, prolonged, unhealthy fear can become a, a, a spiritual barrier that paralyzes us from hearing from God and, and then ultimately obeying Him, doing what He's called us to do. And all kinds of unhealthy fears may be haunting us. Maybe it's the fear of the unknown, fear of the future, fear of not having enough resources fear of losing others and on and on it goes there's all these different kinds of unhealthy fears that can grab a hold of us and keep us from moving forward there was a season a few years ago in my life when i was afraid of what was next i it was so it was so wild to me because here i have been preaching i've been studying the word and i knew what scripture says about heaven and by the way my my friend over here reminded me it's Streets of Gold that's in heaven. That's for you Georgia Tech fans. Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. But I, there was a season when I was literally waking up in a in a panic. I don't know if you anybody's ever had a panic attack, but they're real. And I, it was so surprising to me. Um. And the enemy was trying to put this fear in me about, well, how do you know that what's next is better than what's now? How do you know? What you know? All these thoughts in my head. The enemy was just putting all of these negative thoughts in my head, and it was a serious time. And it was my mother was dealing with all kinds of medical issues, and it was a very stressful time helping her navigate through her health challenges, and um, and you know her. Like I said, it was just a stressful time, and oftentimes the enemy comes to us at stressful times, tries to put all these negative thoughts in our heads, and I was dealing with that. But God, I just began—I began to focus on Jesus. Says, Jesus, "I love you." In the, in the scripture that be, that I focused on, when He says, "I am the resurrection and the life; he who believes in me, though he die, will live. If you live and you believe in me, you will never die." And that, the truth of that Scripture, just I began I, I, meditating on it, praying on it, and allowing that Scripture to get in my heart. And, and eventually the Word, the Spirit of God, drove out all of that fear, unhealthy fear that the enemy was trying to put in my heart. And I'm saying He'll do the same for you. He'll do the same for you. He wants to fill you today with His Holy Spirit to flush out all fear. And the prayer that I pray, maybe the most important prayer, is this. Lord, I come before You in all sincerity and honesty. I humbly ask that You, this morning, you for a fresh infilling of Your Holy Spirit, come into me like a mighty rushing wind and blow away any and all fear that has tried to take up residence in my life. And I believe this to be true. In Your name, Jesus, I pray. That prayer for the Holy Spirit to come and to flush out all of that and... And I had a thought and I had a vision. You know, you pray about it, whatever, however the Lord leads you. But I just, as I was praying about this message, about being with you guys today, being in this service today, I just saw, I began to see this church in the halls of this church. And I haven't been everywhere. I mean, gosh, there's a lot of rooms here. But I've been in a lot of different rooms in this church through the many times that I've been able to be here. And I've just, I've, I saw the Spirit come and just to blow through this place a mighty rushing wind. And I saw fear just leaving. Fear leaving. And faith begin to rise up in this body of believers. Faith who are trusting in the Savior of Jesus to guide them and to lead them. Lead us. I'm a part of you. To lead us into what God's future has for this body of believers. The end. It's not the end. It's the beginning of what God has. God's not done with us. Amen. He has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And so, they're in this passage very quickly. I know I'm 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 um, getting close to that noon hour, that all sacred noon hour, um, where we want to beat the Methodists at the buffet. I'm, no, well I'm ba- I say Methodists. I'm Baptist. So I, I grew up Baptist. We we always wanted to get out before the Methodists so that we could beat them at the the buffet but y'all want to beat the baptist so uh whoever whatever um three qualities of spirit-filled faith here from this passage from this one verse that that the holy spirit dropped in my heart to share with you guys today spirit-filled faith number one operates with the internal supernatural power of god to fulfill our assignments from god He gives us... I've not given you a spirit of fear. He says, I've given you a spirit of power. The word for power is the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamite. And we know that dynamite in the wrong wrong hands can cause a lot of destruction. But dynamite used in the right way can create open doors and can create uh, a path that God would have us to move in. And so... I'm praying that the dunamis power of God would infuse us today to help us to move forward and to do what God's called us to do. We're all called, we're all called by God. If you're saved, you're called by God. You may not be called to be a preacher. You may not called to be a teacher. Not, you, may, be very, you may not be called to do a lot of things, but there is something that God has called you to do. And our, and our job is to get in touch with Him, find out what that is, and then seek to do it under the dunamis power of God. The Holy Spirit power of God and its power. Listen, the dunamis power is to number one to drive out the power of darkness, the enemy, and then we drive out the power of darkness is to fill us to do what God's called us to do. Oftentimes in church circles, we talk about power in the in the in in the light of who has authority, the authority, the authority. Who's who's in charge? And I think when we go down that road, we're missing the boat. If we go down that road trying to figure out who's in charge and who has the power, who has the authority. Several of you all are, and it's good to see you, Tommy, again. Miss you at Rotary um, and hope to see you back at Rotary soon. Um, but uh, someone asked me this past week, I, I served as the president this past year in Rotary and thankfully passed the baton on in July to our, to our next president. But someone asked me this week, do you miss having power? The power, and I was like, "No, not really. I never thought about, you know, that because Rotary is a service organization. It's about serving. It's not about being in charge or having power. And the same is true for the church. We're a service organization. It's about serving. It's not about being in charge. It's not about having the power to make the decisions about how to spend the money and everything else that the corporate." Uh, church can become uh, controlling in your life but it's about being infused with the supernatural power of god fear to go and his power to come to drive out the devil and to give us the strength and the power to do what he's called us to do the second thing spirit-filled faith operates in the unconditional love of god in the unconditional love of god god's not given us a spirit of a fear but one of power love The Greek word for love there is the word agape. We've all heard that word. Probably if you've been in church all your life, you've heard the word agape. Agape just refers to the unconditional love of God. It's different than any other love that you and I could ever even uh, imagine or experience. The agape love of God is what should define us as believers. Now, does the Scripture say that the world will know that we are His disciples by the beautiful church buildings that we build does it say that the world will know we're his disciples by um, the, the the power that we hold that our corporate uh, structures hold what does he say the world will know we are his disciples by what the love that we have for him and for one another that should be our defining characteristic there should that should be that should define who we are as a body of believers is that we we not that we don't have convictions not that we, not that we don't have uh, areas in our, in our lives that we, we believe to be true and hold on to in our lives but in, in, in a, the ultimate outpouring from our lives should be the, the unconditional love of God because we've received it now that we've received it we give it and the third thing the first thing he gives us power the second thing he gives us unconditional love and the third, third thing is a sound mind spirit faith Operates from a state of mind that is healthy and disciplined. And what kind of mind should we have? Well, if you go back to Philippians chapter 2, he says this Paul says this to Philippians in Philippians chapter 2 Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although who existed in the form of God did not regard, regard equality with God, a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We should have the mind of Christ, not a spirit of fear, but one of power, one of love, one of a sound mind. A sound mind is one, is the mind of Christ. I am a servant. Ultimately, I am a servant. I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He's called me to serve Him. And I would encourage you, find ways to serve. Serve in this, in this body. Serve in this community. There, there, there are just multiple ways where God can use us when we make ourselves available to Him for Him to use us so that we can proclaim His grace and love and mercy in our community. Today, as I share it, I pray this rhema word, this fresh word, I hope it's fresh for you and that you can and taste and see that He's good, that He does not want us to be controlled or influenced by unhealthy fear. He wants us to be filled with His Spirit. And that's, that filling of His Spirit flushes out all unhealthy fear and it ushers in His power and it ushers in His love and it ushers in, ushers in the mind of Christ. So I pray you pray this prayer with me as we come to a close. I read it before. So I'm asking you just to pray. I know we pray this out prayer. We're, we're used to saying the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer. But this prayer is based upon the scripture that I read today. And I pray that it, be, it's, it rings true and resonates in your heart. So just repeat after me, if you would. Bow your heads. Lord, I come before you in all sincerity and honesty. I humbly ask you this morning for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. Come into my life like a mighty rushing wind and blow away any and all fear. I believe this to be true. In Jesus' name in August.